The book of Ruth is a love story between two unlikely people, a God-fearing Jew and Ruth, a Moabitess. But this is also a love story between the God of all creation, the God of heaven, and us. And so when we look at the characteristics of Boaz and, and who Ruth is, we'll see how we fit into this glorious story also. Today's message is titled, The Kinsman Redeemer. There are four purposes of a kinsman redeemer. The first one is that they are responsible for buying a fellow Israelite out of slavery. And so the kinsman redeemer would go and pay their debt so that they can come out of slavery. They would do that for, um, they could do it even for a friend, but uh, mainly this was done for kin, for family. They're also responsible to avenge a family member that was wrongfully killed, and they go and seek justice for that family member. Number three, they're responsible to buy back land that was sold due to debt or other reasons, and they can buy it back and, and restore it uh, to the family and the family name. And the fourth reason is there's responsible for carrying on the family name by marrying a childless widow. That was the whole purpose here we're going to see, but there was also the land deal that was going to be made, and we'll see both of those, the third and fourth responsibility of the Redeemer being uh, revealed to us in the text today. And so now we Start with chapter 4, verse 1. Now Boaz went up to the gate. Let me, let me backstep a little bit here. Um, Boaz was going to the gate because um, Ruth was at his feet when they were in the threshing floor while he was sleeping. He woke up. Ruth is there. And he says, who's that? And she says, Ruth. Oh, what are you doing? And Ruth says, hey, will you marry me? <laughs> now, that isn't exactly what she said, but it is what she implied by saying, would you take me under your wing? You are kin. You are kinsman redeemer for the family. Would you take me under your wing? And Boaz said, I'd love to. But there's another guy closer than I am to Naomi and her family. And so we have to first see if he wants to be the kinsman redeemer. But if he doesn't, then I will do that. And so now Ruth has peace that she knows that she's going to be redeemed either by this other person or by Boaz. And she's hoping for Boaz. Boaz proved himself to be someone that cares for her, 
treats her well, cares about Naomi. And so he is really showed himself um, just a, a wonderful example of a person that cares for people. We can see it in all of his workers when he comes out to the field and, you know, the Lord bless you. And they all call back, you know, the Lord bless you. And they, they were all at peace with him because of the character that he had. And Ruth saw that. Who, who wouldn't want to have a husband like that, right? And so that's why she was there. And now he said, I'm going to go do this. So she goes home to Naomi. And Naomi said, let's wait to see what comes of this because he's going to take care of it right away. He's going to do this immediately. And so they're now waiting to see what the result is. And so it says, now Boaz went up to the gate and sat down there. The gate is, there, there were multiple gates that come into the town. And the gate is where all the business was conducted. Trials were conducted there and business dealings. And so he went to the gate because he knows that's where the business is going to be conducted here today. And behold, the close relative of whom Boaz had spoken came by. Well, notice that the close relative is never identified by name in this story. It's always the close relative, you know, and we don't know why that is, probably to, for him to save face. And so Boaz said, come aside, friend, sit down here. And so he came aside and sat down. And he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, sit down here. And so they sat down. Now, this sounds kind of unusual, but this is how business was conducted back then. So this wasn't an unusual thing for him to be picking people out and having them sit down. I'm sure these elders that he picked out, he knew them personally. These weren't just random people off the street. He picked elders that he had a relationship with so that if ever he had to go back to remember the covenant I made, he'll know who those men were that sat there in uh, the co and made the covenant, well, heard the covenant that he was making. And he took 10 men, the elders, and said, sit down here. So they sat down. And then he said to the close relative, Naomi, who had come back from the country of Moab, sold the piece of land which belonged to our brother Elimelech. Now, it wasn't their literal brother Elimelech, but they were family. They were all related. And I thought to inform you, saying, buy it back in the presence of the inhabitants and the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, redeem it. But if you will not redeem it, then tell me that I may know, for there is no one but you to redeem it, and I am next after you. And he said, I will redeem it. Deal's done, right? He's going to redeem it, and the whole deal is done. Now we know that, you know, Ruth is going to be protected. She's going to be safe. You see, so far... Boaz, Boaz is sneaky. 
He's sneaky. He's smart. And he um, was just talking about land. You know, so this was a land deal. Uh, and, you know, you, you can tell what was going on in the other guy's head because he's thinking, oh, that land belongs to Naomi. Naomi is too old to have children at this point. So he's not going to have to perform that part of being a kinsman redeemer because um, she's old and she's not going to have children. So the land will now transfer to him. That's, well, here's how it works. When God brought the children of Israel into the promised land, he gave them these parcels of land and set them aside by each tribe. And they all divided it up. And so they all took the land and then it was further divided by family. And each family got a portion of the land. The thing is, they could not sell that land. It was theirs forever. So what happens is if they do sell the land as the deal was made here, in 50 years or every 50 years, it's the year of Jubilee. All debt is forgiven. All land is returned back to the landowner. All slaves are set free. And so... That's why this was an important thing. This is going back to the family. And so she would get it back anyway, but we don't know when the year of Jubilee is from the time that uh, they're making this deal. It may be 30 years. You know, Naomi is probably not going to live that long. So this guy is thinking to himself, you know, the year of Jubilee is in five, six, ten years, whatever the case may be. When it comes, the whole land becomes mine because she's not going to be able to take it. She's, not, she's old and she doesn't have anybody to take it for her. And so it will become his land and his family will carry that on. But that only covers the third responsibility of a kinsman redeemer. And so when he said that I'll redeem it, all he was thinking of was the land. He didn't think of the other part. And then Boaz said, on that day you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you must also buy it from Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to perpetuate the name of the dead through his inheritance. Oh, he just dropped the bomb. <laughs> right? He just, oh, by the way, here's the rest of the story. Here's the rest of the deal. The rest of the deal is you're going to have to marry a Moabitess. What? A Moabitess? Jews didn't marry Moabitesses. That just didn't take place. Uh, and, uh, I mean, they did, obviously, because, uh, you know, Mela married her. And, and now Boaz, uh, it, who is, Boaz is a practicing Jew. He practiced it. Not legalistically. He lived out his faith. 
He lived out his love for God in how he lived among the people. And here he's setting up to take Ruth as his bride. He's willing to do it and he's ready to do it. And so he said, no, you're, you're going to have to marry Ruth to perpetuate the name. This was a requirement. So what happens is the, the kinsman redeemer marries the bride and she has a child and the child does not belong to the kinsman redeemer. The child belongs to the husband that died. And so they carry his name on and then they inherit his land and they perpetuate the name continually uh, from the time of uh, that marriage, but that child from the kinsman redeemer. He has no right. After that, if they have children, then those children are theirs together. But it's the first child, the first son that's born, and that's whose name will be carried on at that point. And the close relative said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I ruin my own inheritance. You redeem my right of redemption for yourself. I cannot redeem it. And so he looked at his own inheritance, what he had. He probably, most commentators believe he had grown children. He already had given them their properties and stuff like that. So he was thinking this for himself, for the future. But he didn't want this to cause trouble, especially marrying a Moabitess. Can you imagine him going home to his wife? Oh, by the way, here's Ruth, my other wife. And, um, and she's now you know, going to be taking over that property and I'm going to have to produce a child with her so he can inherit the land. I, I don't think that would go over real well. So especially her being a Moabitess, that's just not done. So now this was the custom in former times in Israel concerning redeeming and exchanging to confirm anything. One man took off his sandal and gave it to the other, and this was a confirmation in Israel. And so that's how they solidified the business deal. I'm taking off my sandal. I'm giving it to you. Deal is done. Oh, but that's not really how it was done. You see, in Deuteronomy, it's told how it's actually done. You see, the woman who was rejected by the kinsman redeemer, gets to go up to the kinsman redeemer and spit in his face. <laughs> then she takes the sandal off and she gets to keep it. And then he is then mocked forever because he didn't redeem what he should have done. Uh, it wasn't sinful. It didn't disqualify him from worshiping in the temple or anything like that, but it was just embarrassing that he would not do what God had set in place to do, but he had the right to refuse it. But this guy gets off easy. He's like, here, take my sandal. So we don't know his name, but he's the guy walking around with one sandal. And so, and Boaz said to the elders and all the people, 
you are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's and was Chilion's and Malon's from the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the widow of Malon, I have acquired as my wife to perpetuate the name of the dead through his inheritance, that the name of the dead may not be cut off from among his brethren and from his position at the gate. You are witnesses this day. And so he makes the deal, closes the deal right here. You're all witnesses. Here's the sandal, you know, and I am now taking and the responsibility. And he's not like, oh, I'm going to have to marry a Moabite. He's not like, he's excited about it. He's looking forward to it. And he didn't say, and all that land is mine. He said, I am taking this in their name to perpetuate their name and so that they don't lose position at the gate. This was important, that their name was going to be continued. And, uh, you know, we uh, have different customs and traditions, uh, especially being Italian. We, in my family, we have all kinds of customs and traditions about how you carry on the name and, and so on and so forth. And, and uh, I don't know what they are. So, uh, you know, I kind of dropped off the, the, the um, family tree somewhere and uh, they continue to do their thing. But Every family has this tradition of what to do. This was not part of family tradition. This was Jewish tradition. This is what God gave them and, and ordered for them. And it's just a beautiful picture uh, here. Boaz stepping up and taking responsibility. It's a beautiful picture. And all the people who were at the gate and the elders said, we are witnesses. They all agree. Hey, we're witnesses. The Lord make the woman who is coming to your house like Rachel and Leah. Well, Rachel and Leah were both dead. That isn't what he's saying. He's saying prosper the family because Rachel and Leah were the two women that gave us the 12 patriarchs, the, the 12 sons of, um, the, uh, of um, Jacob. Thank you. And so the Lord make the woman who is coming to your house like Rachel and Leah, the two who built the house of Israel, and may you prosper in Ephrathah, and be famous in Bethlehem. Ephrathah is, is the surrounding region, like a, a county, and Bethlehem is the city in there. And when you look at prophecy, an Old Testament prophecy that talks about where the Messiah is going to come from, that is the Bethlehem that is mentioned. There were five Bethlehems in Israel. And so... <coughs> It was specifically pointed out, the Bethlehem in Ephrathah. And so that's important because that's where Jesus was born. And that's where all of this is taking place in his hometown here. 
May your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah because of the offspring which the Lord will give you from this young woman. Perez was also very important in this history, in the genealogy. Tamar was the daughter-in-law of Judah. See, Judah's son died. And so Judah gave Tamar the other son. He became the kinsman redeemer, married Tamar, and then he died. And then Judah said, wait until the next child is born and was was just a, a baby and wait until he grows up and then I will give you him and then you can continue the family. And he didn't do it. Judah did not um, give Tamar to marry the son because he was afraid if you marry, he's going to die too. Everyone that marries you dies. And so she acted as a harlot and he, Judah, went into her and that's where Perez was born from. And that's the family tree that led to this family. So it's not exactly the glorious family tree that you would think of. It's filled with people that have um, trouble in their past. But they're saying, hey, be like Perez. You know, may you be fruitful like that family. And so Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. And when he went into her, the Lord gave her conception and she bore a son. And then the woman said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a close relative and may his name be famous in Israel and may he be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, and this is being said to Naomi, who is better than to you than seven sons has bore him. And then Naomi took the child and laid her on her bosom and became a nurse to him. Not nursing as in uh, providing nutrition, but a nurse just taking care of the son. Uh, also the neighbor woman gave him a name saying, there is a son born to Naomi. And they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse the father of David. Now, this is the genealogy of Perez. Perez begot Hezron. Hezron begot Ram, and Ram begot Amindab. Amindab begot Nashon, and Nashon begot Salmon, and Salmon begot Boaz, and Boaz begot Obed, and Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David. King David. And so... That's an awesome history. That's an awesome genealogy. Who else came from that line? Jesus. Jesus is the son of David. He came from that same line because of Boaz and Ruth 
being married and joining together. It's a love story. Two unlikely people that we could never imagine God putting this plan together. But it was God's plan. He already knew what he was going to... How come... How come whenever there's a hero, Boaz is the hero of the story. The book's name is Ruth. <laughs> Why isn't it Boaz? You know, I, I just, I had to throw that in there. So anyway, this reflects another love story. The love story of the sinful human race and our kinsman redeemer, Jesus. Ruth is a type of the human race. She was the example. Boaz is a type of Jesus. And he showed us how much he loved Ruth and Jesus showed us how much he loves us. In chapter 2, Boaz goes out to the field to check the field and Jesus came to earth to check his prized possession. Not the earth, us. Boaz looked out and saw Ruth. Jesus came and saw humanity. Boaz was good. He was kind to Ruth. And Jesus came and he was good and kind to us. We're told in Romans chapter 2 verse 4, it's his goodness or his kindness that leads us to repentance. Ruth found favor in the eyes of Boaz. We have found favor in the eyes of Jesus. Boaz was the kinsman redeemer for Ruth and Jesus became our kinsman redeemer. Boaz was motivated by his love for Ruth and Jesus was motivated by his love for us. Boaz paid the price to redeem Ruth and all the land and everything that belonged to their family. And Jesus did the same. He redeemed us. And he's going to redeem the whole earth. He's going to restore it. And he's going to hold that title deed. Probably smack it in the devil's face. Here you go. Remember when you were walking around with me out in the wilderness. Telling me what I should do. Well here you go. And he's going to take control of it all. Remember the closing verse in Judges. In those days, there was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Are we seeing that today? We see the world doing what is right in their own eyes. And it said there was no king in Israel. We have a king, it's just that he doesn't know he is, and we don't see our country prospering because of the things that are going on in our world today. It's not because he's a bad person, we're all bad. We're all sinners in need of a savior. And if we try to do things ourselves, now we see how it ends up. We can see in, in the news, we can see what's going on, and we can say, wow, we can't fix these things with all of our wisdom, technology, skill. We can't improve things the way 
you know, from the way they are today? No. That's a God thing. You see, there was a famine going on in that land. It was a physical famine, but there was also a spiritual famine going on in the land at the same time. And even amidst all that, Boaz restored Ruth and Naomi and their family and brought them out of slavery, basically, to be set free. And so Jesus is doing the same thing. I believe he's going to come and restore us from the way the things are going today. He's going to restore everything because that's what he does. That's, what he, that's why he died on the cross. And so we have that to look forward to. He's our kinsman redeemer and he's going to protect us. All we have to do is wait, just like Naomi and Ruth. They had to wait to see what the outcome was going to be. I have good news. We know what the outcome is going to be. Just like Ruth, when she was laying at the feet of Boaz, she was told by Boaz, if he doesn't redeem it, I'm going to. We're going to take care of this, and you're going to be protected. We already know our kinsman redeemer is coming. We're protected, and we know the end of the story, and so let's just wait, but not just sitting around waiting. Let's wait and tell others so that they can join with us. Amen?